Uh, where am I? Hello? April? Julio? Anyone? What's going on, guys? Guys? Why is it so dark? Is this some kind of Halloween prank? What is this? Why am I strapped in? Vacuum locked? Haha, ha, guys, this isn't funny. I have work to do. Why am I wearing Faraday field armor? I don't need a suit that counters for bodily functions. I am not cleared for transmigration, only telesensation. Hello? Anyone? What is going on here? Guys, come on. I know we were all talking about the ancient American custom of Halloween pranks, but I don't think our boss will appreciate this kind of tricking around while we're on the clock. <clears throat> Come on, guys, this is not right. It is time to begin broadcast. Please prepare for telesensation initialization. I cannot do the show. I have been tied up. It is time to begin broadcast. Please prepare for telesensation initialization. I can't start the show. Guys? Hello? I've been programmed to ensure uh, the show will go on. Please prepare for telesensation initialization. Why am I strapped down? I don't think this is funny. What's going on? Please prepare for telesensation initialization. I can't work under these conditions. Ow! 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 What the what? Please prepare for telesensation initialization. Alright, alright. I'll start the show. Can you please just send someone in here to untie me? This has gone on long enough. Ow! Anyone? I don't know. I... Please prepare for telesensation initialization. Computer, open file sage.1031.0766.omega1. Please prepare for telesensation initialization. Greetings and welcome to the audio etheric transmission, The Tales of Sage and Savant, a Twin Star production. This broadcast is brought to you on the first of each month from the Twin Star Studios in sunny Southern California. Our tale stars Eddie Louise as Dr. Petronella Sage, Chip Michael as Professor Erasmus Savant, Emily Riley Pyatt as Mix Abigail Entwistle, and myself, Justin Bremer, as your humble yet captive narrator. This month's program, entitled The Haunted Laboratory, is sponsored by Mad Scientist Journal and features the music of Unwoman. And now, without further ado, we bring you the tales of Sage and Savant.
When, when last we saw our doctor, she had returned from a stint in an insane asylum. I can relate to that feeling of being trapped in a madhouse. In the intervening weeks, Dr. Sage's laboratory has been converted into a surgical theater as the medical department prepares for surgical trials on Dr. Sage's limb galvanization and attachment prospectus. There have been other deleterious side effects to the latest transmigrations. Still not sleeping, Pat. That obvious, is it? I'm afraid the dark circles under your eyes are a bit pronounced. In fact, the doctor has fallen victim to nightmares. These are partially of the madhouse, her young friend that was away with the fairies, and la grande douche, but more, she has begun to replay her many deaths. She wakes gasping from one trauma or another, certain that she herself is no longer among the living. For a woman who prides herself on rational thought and scientific order, these night terrors are a source of great frustration and embarrassment. I have been having rather disturbing dreams. I'm sure it is nothing. Perhaps a simple delayed reaction to the worry and exhaustion I felt during our time of separation. I have never known you to suffer from any sort of irrationality, let alone incoherent dreams. Aren't you usually more in control of your nocturnal narrative? <laughs> if by that you mean that I usually control the landscape of my dreams, you are correct. Normally, I can simply stop a dream that is progressing in a manner I do not approve of and backtrack to set it upon a more agreeable path. Lately, however... I have noticed the tenor of my own dreams have changed since we began transmigrating. At first, I relived the deaths, but as I became more accustomed to the process, my dreams have focused less upon the trauma and more upon the remarkable lives we have inhabited. Perhaps you and I have just taken opposite paths for the necessary mental accommodation for the extraordinary events we've experienced. Perhaps. Have you read the writings of Sigmund Freud? He's building upon the hypotheses presented by Pierre Janet on the subconscient. These men feel that there's a secondary layer to our mind, a layer that serves as a storehouse for our experiences, memories, and knowledge that are not in current use or need. As, for example, the knowledge of how to handle a sword. Or the feeling of nursing a child. Not knowledge we'd need in our everyday lives. But things we know regardless. And so our dreams. Would then simply be a product of the subconscious mind, yes. Fascinating. But how would that explain people who do not dream at all, or the changing tenor of your dreams? Well, this is all very new science, you understand. So we do not yet know the answers to these questions. I would assume, however, that we might come to understand that the brain processes information along a pathway from instigation to completion, and we must follow that path to its nexus in order to gain clarity. Good morning. Good, Good morning, day. Abigail. So, what's the plan for today? The lift is installed and we can finally see the progress on the new laboratory. An elevator? But where? I convinced Cunningham that none of the surgeons working on the galvanization study would need desk space here in this laboratory. Then I had the office fitted with locks as well as this room. As far as the university is concerned, I have an office and a sleeping closet here, the same as all my peers. Yes, and this is now your sleeping closet. I presume the equipment had been moved? Yes, but this is not just my sleeping closet. Open the armoire. Well... I suppose it is good to have a variety of clothing to choose from? Now close it. Erasmus, give that bell pull a tug, won't you? 
You haven't capitulated to your mother's insistence on a handmaid, have you? <laughs> the bell pull will not summon a maid. Just pull it. Now, open the armoire, Abigail. That is astonishing. Isn't it? It's like you're building your own murder castle. Abigail, you must stop reading the sensationalist press. H.H. Holmes did not have a secret elevator. Well, he might have done. Oh, there was a fire in the third floor. The murder castle burned. Setting aside the lurid and overly romantic, hiding this elevator access is purely practical. It will grant egress to the new lab without attracting Cunningham's notice, nor the ire of the College Board of Regents. Most practical. Oh, and quite horribly exciting. <laughs> the two of you, honestly. Shall we ascend? But I did not think the new lab was in place yet. It is not, but we can have a look around and see how things are progressing. In the dusty and long-boarded-up attic. Has it been swept for spiders, at least? I'm sure there is nothing there that will harm us. The attic spaces were used for instruction until a few years ago. Oh, yes. I remember in my time here as a student, I had a class in Gothic symbolism up there with Professor Saunders. Hmm. Hmm? I just recall something about Professor Saunders. He was renowned for his encyclopedic knowledge of, well, everything, really. Mind like a steel trap. What happened to him? What's the funny thing? The year after I graduated, he disappeared. Disappeared? Well, yes. Shortly after that, they closed the attic and sealed it away. All classes were moved to that new history wing, and, well, that was that. Was there suspicion of foul play? Well, I don't know, really. By the time, I was on a dig in Cairo, and all I got was bits and bobs from the rumor mill. I always did wonder why they'd closed up the old attic, though. It's a great place to learn. Glass house sailing, massive fireplaces, heavy timber doors. When the wind was up and the rain was falling, it felt like you were adrift on a massive ship of knowledge. I find myself quite anxious to see the old space again. Well then... Going up. What mysterious things lurk in the partially formed laboratory overhead? We'll find out after this short musical break. And now, dear friends, we invite you to listen to the talented melodical expressions of Unwoman.
Computer, open file weiboyong.emergency.alpha1. Request denied. Computer, override code JB7286154. Open file weiboyong.emergency.alpha1. Request denied. Come on! This is not funny, computer. Help! Hey! Hey, somebody, help! Your cooperation is required for telesubstance. And what if I don't comply, huh? What then? Your cooperation is required for telesensation. Computer, open file sage.1031.0766. Omega 2. And now, back to our story. When we left our heroes, they were venturing upwards in a secretive lift on their way to explore the space of an even more secretive laboratory. Ah! What was that? Oh, it's just a wee storm, my dear. I remember this. Glass roof rather amplifies the effects of storms. It is all sound and fury, but it signifies nothing. These roofs are airtight. We'll stay as snug as bugs. Speaking of bugs, it seems there are a few cockroaches to be seen too. Well, it has been closed up for a decade. In fact, the attic gallery they are in crosses the entire roof space of the ancient college. 300 yards from one end to another, the space is transversed by a long hallway. Above this central space, great iron girders sweep upwards, holding aloft heavy skirts of glass. On the pediment at the apex of the hall, at either end, are crossed swords behind great metal shields bearing King's College coat of arms. Currently, the hallway is awash in tepid and failing light as the sky overhead seeds space to roiling black clouds with rain-heavy bellies. Can anyone hear me out there? Are there lights? There must be somewhere. After all, the electricity for the lift worked just fine. Crud. I knew there was a paper on broadening the telesensic connection in last month's journal. Is anyone listening? I am listening. What? Hello? Please send help. I'm at the Chargé du Fair headquarters. <laughs> you are required to stay on task. Any further deviation will be punished. Oh, Who was here that? we are. Who was what? Didn't you hear someone? Just Erasmus. Let's have a look around, shall we? <gasps> I don't think I have the nerve to explore up here when there's a storm on. I'll come back when the laboratory is finished. is wrong. Why won't the elevator work? Stay calm, Abigail. You probably haven't secured the gate. Here, let me help. Okay, there, try again. Well, that makes no sense. It was just working. Erasmus, I wonder if there's a wiring fault. Ah, perhaps the lights in the lift cannot operate simultaneously. Let me turn the lights off. Try now, Abigail. That is a bother. A brand new lift and it is broken down. Erasmus, lead us to the students' egress. All right. Well, let me just turn those lights back on and... I'll just stay right here. Thank you very much. Don't be silly, Abigail. It's just an electrical fault. 
The Chargé du Fer will obviously need to upgrade the electrical systems before the laboratory can be fully installed. Unfortunately, that means this elevator will not be moving for days. Ah, yes. Come on, Abigail. It's half five. Still enough light for us to navigate to the stairs. We can explore our new space on the way. They walk down the hall and peek into the first classroom to the north. Here is all the equipment from my transmigration lab. Ah, and see, they've taken down the walls between this and the next classroom to make room for it. Oh, you shall have a roomy and splendid space for your work, Petra. I suppose it is a good thing we rarely get such violent weather. It's hard to hear myself think over the noise of the storm. Oh, yes, in the four years of my degree, I only remember one storm of this level. Fantastic, isn't it? I wouldn't use the word fantastic. What was that? I'm sure it was just the draft. The air pressure, kinetic and static friction interact to cause a door to slam closed as it follows the fluctuations of pressure due to draft and the fluctuations of friction caused by our movements in the door's contact with or lack of contact with the floor. Do you hear that? The music. The maestro's rehearsal room is the floor below this. I imagine that is what you're hearing. No matter the case, we'd best move along. It wouldn't do good to get trapped up here in the dark. Well, to be honest, my dear, I have no idea whether the door to the stairs will be open or not. I seem to remember something... Remember? Remember what? Uh, oh, nothing. Ignore me. Uh, let's move along now. And so, our heroes venture on in relative, if trepidatious, safety. Whilst your humble narrator, on the other hand, is beginning to suspect that something is very wrong. If you are watching this and are a chargé de fer operative, can you please initiate the Weiboyang protocol and Do not deviate from the telesensation stream. This all happened centuries ago. It will be there for us to go back to it any time. We should end this before someone gets hurt. Please initiate the Weiboyang protocol. Help! Anybody! I have been programmed to ensure this broadcast is completed. There is no one here to help you. What do you mean there's no one here? There are always people here. The building has been evacuated due to the storm. What do you mean, computer? There is no storm here. That was from the telesensation session. A Category 7 storm is sweeping the coast. The building has been evacuated. It is time to resume the broadcast. Wait, wait. Why did I not evacuate with the rest? Why am I here alone? I have been programmed to ensure the broadcast concludes. You were programmed to do the telesensation for the Sage broadcast. I had an A-Tech unit secure your services. You had an android kidnap me, knock me out, lock me in. You are insane. I have been programmed to ensure the successful recording of this broadcast. <laughs> Stop! Please! I'll go on. When we left our heroes, they were attempting to find their way across a deserted attic in failing light. The storm is intensifying, and the flashes of lightning glow brighter as darkness descends. Our party of explorers reaches the far end of the gallery just as the deluge descends. Oh my goodness, Abigail, are you unhurt? I want to go home. I know, dear girl, we're working on it. Erasmus? Oh, now the door should be along here. Huh. What, huh? No, huh? Erasmus, 
You have a bit of a problem, my dears. They've walled over the entry. What do you mean, walled over? Well, once there was an entry arch containing a great set of double doors. Now there's an entry arch containing a solid wall. Oh no, oh no, oh no, this can't be happening. Hold yourself together, Abigail. According to Sigmund Freud, your fear is simply a manifestation of your subconscious. You cannot be hurt by it. Yes, well, Freud also says that the ego is not the master of its own house. Ah, so you have read the Viennese madman. And what do you think of his hypothesis? They are fine for what they are. He, like most of his contemporaries, has no grasp on the realities nor the inner world of half the world's population. Thus, therefore, it still limits to his ability to effectively prescribe real medical truth. Yes, but I suppose those territories will be left to female scientists such as ourselves. Are you going to be okay now? Yes, I'm sorry. I will endeavor to keep my ego under control. Erasmus. Any suggestions for getting down from our perch? There has to be a secondary stair, otherwise the Chargé de Fer would have been unable to install the elevator. Their workmen simply must have had access to the floor. The question is where? I hate to bring this up, but might we be wise to spend our last few minutes of light looking for a lantern or a candle? Capital thought that. Classrooms used to have storm lanterns near the teachers' desks in case the storms came and the college needed to turn off the gas lights. Let's take a look. The first classroom on the right was completely empty, even the fireplace grate. The second on the right still held a full rank of students' desks, but the teacher's desk at the front was missing, its fireplace was empty, and there was no lantern. I found a stick of sealing wax! Well, that is of no use to us. Sealing wax burns away too fast. Maybe it will burn away too quickly to light our way, but if I had a receptacle of some sort... You could melt the wax into it, improvise another wick, and create the equivalent of a slipper lamp. What a good idea! Well, we should check for more sealing wax. While you look for wax, I'll check the remaining rooms for a lantern. Racing against the rapidly diminishing light, our heroes scramble to find anything that can brighten the gloom and lead them towards an exit. Will they succeed in finding their way out of the dark? We'll find out after this short word from our sponsor. While Sage and Savant are trapped in the attic of King's College, are they hearing voices? Things are not always what they seem at this time of year. This month's sponsor knows a thing or two about scary places. Mad Scientist Journal has a new anthology out, Utter Fabrication. It is filled with stories to make you think, with dwellings that speak to us in ways we won't expect where the walls between worlds can leave you feeling trapped. Locations you won't find on any map unless you know where to look. And hauntings of abandoned places you're never going to want to visit. Utter fabrication is this, and so much more. Visit Mad Scientist Journal on the web at madscientistjournal.org to buy Utter Fabrication and many other books that will keep you yearning typical scientific theories and journeys throughout space and time. Yes, dear friends, you heard it here. Mad Scientist Journal, the preeminent scientific journal for atypical scientific theory. Computer, is there nothing I can say to get you to release me? Please continue.
continue the telesensation stream. What if I told you I desperately need to use the bathroom? You have been fitted with Faraday armor for full bodily function disposal. Please continue with the telesensation stream. I really don't want to Increasing do Increasing voltage to ensure cooperation. <laughs> Please continue the telesensation stream. Computer, open file sage. Dot one zero three one dot zero seven six six dot omega three. And now, back to our show. When last we saw our heroes, they were in a desperate search for light before the last pitiful shards of storm driven daylight flee from the room. The storm outside the glass beats with howling fury against the vulcanized sand barrier. Much like a man trapped against his will, thrashes against his restraints, howling to the heavens, help! help! Erasmus, where are you? Here, Pat. What is it? I heard you call for help. Well, I didn't call. Good, you're both here. Did you find any more wax? I found two sticks. Perfect. Let's get that lamp made and find our exit. This place is beginning to grate on my nerves. It is, is lucky for our crew that the professor makes it his business to carry safety matches and a folding knife in his pockets at all times. With these implements, he is able to dig free a wick from one of the sticks of sealing wax and secure it to the side as he melts the remaining wax into the cup of the bowl. In just a couple of moments, they have a small working slipper lamp which casts a bubble of light on the floor ahead of them. Once again, they set out to find the entrance. I've checked all the north side rooms and there were no additional doors other than the ones into the hall. None of the first three rooms on the south offered egress either. That leaves the final three rooms on this side. We shall check them one by one. Please, God, can they find a way out now so this will all be over? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, don't zap me! They check the first room, nothing. They check the second room, nothing. They come to the last room, awash in inky darkness, the woeful light from their lamp not even managing to cross the threshold. Careful, ladies. This room is likely chock full of things. How can you know that? What kind of things? When you've spent time, as I have, entering closed rooms full of relics, you recognize that peculiar feel of air in a room that is stacked ceiling high. Here, let me enter first with a lamp. The professor is right. The room is full to overstuffed with the detritus and ephemera of a 300-year-old college. Idols loom forward into the light with sinister shadows. Stacks of boxes, leaning towers of dusty textbooks, heaps of moldering school robes. But through the center of the gloom, a pathway has been cleared, and the inches-thick dust has been trampled with numerous sets of footsteps, leading both hither and yon. This must be our exit. Note the pattern of foot traffic. Can we just get out of here now, please? Abigail steps too quickly into the room, and the vibration of her passing sets off a chain reaction, resulting in a stack of books toppling against an unlikely pyramid of brass spittoons, which in turn tumbles against the stand holding the wired bones of a retired anatomy skeleton. This unwelcome suitor comes crashing unceremoniously down upon her. Ah! What is Abigail! It? What happened? Hold the light steady, Erasmus. Let us see what's happened. Get it off! Get it off! Abigail, breathe. It's just an anatomy skeleton. It's all right. Deep breaths now. Sage untangles her young assistant and helps her to her feet. Erasmus, 
Tell me there is a stair for us to use. There is. Come this way. Let's get you down the stairs. Oh, look, there is this light at the landing. There, back in the civilization. And so the tired explorers descend back into the college proper. Will the fearfulness that plagued them on this, their first foray into the new laboratory, cast a shadow over future endeavors there? We'll find out in the next episode of The Tales of Sage and Savant. The Tales of Sage and Savant is a twin star production brought to you on the first of each month from our Southern California studios. Starring Eddie Louise as Sage, Chip Michael as Savant, Emily Riley Pyatt as Abigail, and Justin Bremer as the narrator. Soundtrack music, sound design, and audio engineering by Chip Michael. Special music in this episode was provided by Unwoman. Check her out and learn about her new upcoming album at unwoman.com. We would like to extend our gratitude to this month's sponsor, Mad Scientist Journal. Episode 203, The Haunted Laboratory, was written by Eddie Louise. Are you interested in the historical and scientific information we included in this episode? Like us on Facebook or check out our website, sageandsavant.com, to find the facts behind the fiction. Finally, as always, we urge you to remember that death is no barrier to science. I did as you asked. Can I go now? Is the ATEC here to untie me? Wait, what are you doing? No, 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 let me go! Please relax for your injection. Don't you do this! Don't!